0: Aloha everyone, welcome to Sasha Spins where you get my thoughts on life, current events and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Good morning everyone, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, I hope you are doing well, I hope you are staying safe, I hope you are managing any anxiety you're feeling, any stress that you are feeling we had our election on Tuesday and still really don't have any results um i've been watching like the coverage sparingly only because that is a way that i'm trying to manage my stress and every i've watched about 3 or 4 hours of coverage and it's always every 40 seconds breaking news and then there's no breaking news at all so it is Thursday we're supposed to find out something today maybe we will see i do not know but stay encouraged, stay safe, manage your anxiety. Today, we are talking, however, about the rhetoric that I've been seeing around, quote, being kind, unquote, practicing kindness, and the idea of agreeing to disagree. So I genuinely feel Like this whole be kind rhetoric that I'm seeing all of a sudden, and I've always felt this way, but I've seen it crop up in the past, maybe two or three days since the election, since we don't know the results, I think people are starting to get a little stressed. And these people are Donald supporters and voters. So the be kind rhetoric, in my opinion, is always the dog whistle of the Donald Trump supporter, the Donald Trump voter, the person that doesn't want to feel judgment for how they voted. So they tell you to be kind, but really what they are saying is don't judge me or make me feel bad for what I have, how I have voted or my beliefs, because they're, they're not who I am. They're not reflective of who I am as a person. So, that dog whistle, if you don't know what a dog whistle is, PS, let me backtrack. So, dog whistles, they're in politics. Um, it's a political term. And basically, it's a code, it's coded or like suggestive language with political messaging to garner support from a particular group of people without provoking any kind of opposition or outrage. So, for example, when people say, I believe in states' rights or I believe in What's a good example of another dog whistle other than states' rights? I'm like blanking right now, but <laughs> that's a big one that I always see. States' rights. Oh, law and order. Law and order. That's that's a huge one. These are basically conservative dog whistles. And then when people call them out, you can't say, oh, that was racist. But what states' rights often means is that I'm going to leave it up to states to discriminate against who they want to discriminate against and the federal government is just gonna stay out of their business, or I believe in law and order. Basically, I support police, I support criminalization of petty things, and I, that's it, that's just it. So the be kind dog whistle of the Donald Trump supporter, they want you to extend kindness to them. And the irony in that is that they have voted in a way They have supported someone who is the exact opposite of kind. They have supported someone who has been openly hateful, who has been openly racist, has been openly discriminatory, has been openly sexist, has been openly homophobic, every has been openly homophobic, has been openly xenophobic. Like all of these terrible Islamophobic, every like terrible Phobic, you can think of, or ism, you can think of. This man has supported it, stood up against it, and has had people clapping for him. And it was fine when he was on top, because notice you never saw when over the past four years I haven't really seen. I've seen it, but not in the volume in which I am seeing it lately. I, I didn't really see a lot of all of that. Be kind and respect my beliefs, and we'll just agree. To disagree, because that's another phrase. We're going to talk about that one a little bit later, but for now, we're staying focused on the be kind rhetoric. So they want you to be kind to them while not acknowledging the harmful things they're doing, the hateful things that they're doing, the hateful person that they're supporting, the hateful people they're supporting, because it's not at just the federal level. It's at the state level as well. It may even be at the local level as well. And it's also a sense of gaslighting, right? Because they try to minimize it like, this is just how I voted. This is what I believed in. And it's like, yeah, you voted and you believe in a way that puts money over people, that puts profits over people, that puts property and possessions over people. You voted in a way that strips people of their basic civil rights, possibly their marital rights, their reproductive rights, their rights to exist and pursue the, the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. You are voting in a way to strip people of that. And that's not kind, it's not empathetic, it's not leading with love, it's not leading with consideration, it's not leading with respect. You are doing all of these things. But on the flip side, on the same token, they don't want to be held accountable for that. See, that's my problem. If you are going to behave in a certain way, we have to take accountability for our behavior. These people want to behave in ways that are knowingly detrimental and then hide under the fact that it's just a difference of political opinions and it's not personal. And it may not be personal to them because it's not impacting their daily lives. They can stay in their bubble, they can stay behind their closed doors and not feel the repercussions of how they are acting or how they are voting or what they are leading with. They don't feel the repercussions of that. But they want you. To be kind to them because they don't want to feel judged. See, judgment is a very powerful emotion in society. Um, it's a it's a way to control people, and people don't want to feel judged. So it's better that they just feel like they stay silent. So I saw an interesting exit poll, and in 2016, I believe it was 52% of they quote 52% of white women voted for Donald Trump, and that's not, um, I think that I did have, I saw that, that there was like debate of that statistic, and I think that when it came down to it, it was more like 49% instead of 52. But in all honesty, like what is that, that 3% is how, it, it, in my opinion, anyways, it's not much of a significant difference personally to me. So you had know, 49% of white women in 2016 vote for Donald Trump. And then fast forward this year, 2020, we're starting to see a lot of exit polls coming out and that number has jumped to what I saw last time I checked, 55%. And I bring up white women to say that they are the ones that I've been seeing this be kind rhetoric from. And I think the reason why that we are seeing it specifically from white women and not white men is because we knew how white men were going to vote, right? They're going to vote in their self and according to their own self interest, perceived self interest anyway. Because a lot of think they a lot of them think they're like Jeff Bezos, and I saw that in Georgia, fifty percent of people are making the claim that they voted based on like taxes because they don't want they're afraid of Biden's tax plans and they feel like it's going to raise their taxes. And I'm like, that's cute, but I'm not counting anyone's pockets. So let me not digress. Let me stay on topic. So. We already know how generally white conservative men vote. Women, however, you would think that most women would lean Democratic or lean a little bit more liberal because of reproductive rights and discrimination and sexism and the things that they're they're impacted by. But what we saw in 2016 and what we see again in 2020 is that people will vote for their for white people are voting for their race above anything else. So white women are put in this very specific category where they saw all of the things that Donald said, grab them by the P word, how he cheats on his wives, how, you know, he's just allegedly, allegedly cheats on his wife. (laughs) You know, we saw all of these horrible things about him that would typically under normal circumstances not appeal to most women. But then you had all the QAnon stuff happening earlier in the year, well, not earlier in the year, I would say it started to happen around summer and fall time. So a lot of women, a lot of white women are going to fall behind the save the children thing, right? But I don't really buy that for the simple fact that in their communities, there are likely organizations that organizations and charities that are specifically geared towards ensuring the safety of children. And I'm sure those organizations and charities have existed for a long time. And these women are not volunteering at these organizations. They're not donating to these organizations. They're not giving their time. They're not giving their money. They're not giving their resources. There are children out there that are looking for wonderful homes to be adopted into. They're not doing that. So uh, they can miss me with the QAnon child sex trafficking ring because I'm sure that they care about that. But the the way that QAnon went about it, they have saved no children. All they have done is spread information and lies about top misinformation, rather and lies about top ranking Democratic officials. But they their actions in and of themselves off of social media requires no work. Because in my opinion, it it takes nothing. It, it, it's the lowest amount of effort to share something on social media. You actually have to get up and do the work. And these women are not getting up and doing the work to protect children. So that's just my opinion. But anyways, going back to why I think that we see a lot of white women are the ones sharing this be kind rhetoric is because they don't want to be on the receiving end of any backlash. See, they don't want to accept the fact that they benefit from white supremacy, that they benefit from institutionalized racism, that they benefit from all of the things that white men do. They want to kind of distance themselves and say, oh, I voted because of, I'm against abortion and I want children, I want the children to be safe and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, no matter what they voted for, they don't want to own it. Because I've noticed that a lot of white men, a lot of men, period, who vote for Donald Trump, they're like, will pound their chest about it and they're very open with it. They don't, they're they're not shy about, they don't hide it. They're not shy about it. They're very proud of what they've done. Women, however, are the ones that are prone to lie. I don't want to say women are prone to lie. That's such a misogynistic thing. I will say white women, however, who voted for Donald Trump are not as open with it. a Matter of fact, I shared this on Instagram the other day. But I had a girlfriend that I was close with. We're not really close anymore. Um, She voted for Donald Trump. I don't know how she voted this year because we're not close anymore. We don't really talk. And I'm mostly okay with it. Um, But anyways, uh, like two or three years ago, we were having a conversation amongst friends. And I brought up the fact that she voted for Donald Trump because it was a political conversation. And y'all, she got so freaking mad at me. She was so pissed. She was like, why would you say that to people? Why would you tell people that? And I'm looking at her like, if you, what? (laughs) Like, Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are mad at me for telling people that you voted in a certain way. If you feel shame about the way you voted, then you know what you did was wrong. So don't be mad at me. Be mad at you. Own what you did. See, it's accountability that I'm talking about that. They don't want to take accountability for what they've done. They don't want to take accountability for the potential damage that their behavior is going to have on people. They want to tell you to be kind while they're doing things that are unkind. And I'm here to say that they are not deserving of kindness. I'm not sitting here saying that you should just slam them and be mean to them and be a jerk to them, but I want you to push, if you see that be kind narrative being shared, put, don't hesitate to push back against it. Because it's like, at what point am I supposed to be kind to you when you're voting in a way, when you're supporting someone that is not very kind to me, that is not c- kind to people that look like me, that is not kind to people who are different than them. And it's, it's a cocoon of privilege, it's a cocoon of entitlement, then you can actively harm people. And then have the nerve, have the audacity to tell them how to treat you, to tell them that they have to be nice to you because their feelings, because at the end of the day, they think their feelings still matter more than yours. They don't want to be held accountable for their actions. And that is immensely frustrating to me. I am so sick and tired of this be kind narrative. And every time I see it, I encourage, every time you see it, I encourage you to push back against it especially when it's occurring in your space. Because one thing that I do not do is I do not hop on the pages of people that I disagree with. I do not go out seeking dissent. I do not go out seeking any kind of conflict or discord. I told myself at the beginning of 2019, I made a New Year's resolution myself. I was like, I am not arguing with anybody this year. I'm not disturbing my peace. I am protecting my energy. And I said that in 2019. And y'all, I'm really proud of myself because that is the energy that I maintained all year. I kept that energy in 2020. Granted, it was a lot easier because we're in quarantine and I'm really not seeing people like that. But for the most part, I've done a very good job of that. I'm very protective of my peace and I'm very protective of my energy, which means I minimize the things that I see, the content that i am interacting with. If I see something that I just don't like and disturbs my energy and disturbs my spirit, I'll block it and keep it moving. So I'm not saying seek out these people, seek out this be kind narrative, but if it is foisted upon you, you absolutely have, you don't need my permission, okay? You are, you a are grown adult. I'm assuming you're a grown adult. And even if you're not a grown adult, you do not have to tolerate people coming at you a certain way. You do not have to accept it. You have my permission to tell these people to take their be kind and go somewhere else. Because as I was on Instagram talking about this, if you don't follow me on Instagram already, I'm at Sasha Spins. I share a lot there about myself. But as I'm on Instagram talking about this, there are people who will come onto my page. They're not following me. Maybe they interact with my content sparingly. They haven't liked anything. They haven't checked on me with everything going on. And I'm just here on my, in my little corner, my little space. And then they want to come in the joint and be like, that's not practicing kindness. Or they want to push back against you. And it's like, nope. Go over there, stay over there, and leave me out of your mess. Don't come over here with that energy because I didn't bring it to you. You came over here, so you go over there. <laughs> and that's just the energy that I'm on. So I'm saying don't go out there, don't go out there spewing any kind of discord and dysfunction and anything like that. But if it's brought into your space, you absolutely have the right to tell people to push back against that be kind narrative. And here's the thing I do believe that we need more kindness. I believe that part of the reason why we are in the position that we are now, why we are so supposedly divided, and I say supposedly divided because the division is coming from one side, in my opinion. The reason why we are so divided is because so many people are lacking in empathy. And I think that's a problem in this country. I think it's a deficient, it's a national lack of deficience, that it's a natural, national deficiency of empathy in this country that we should probably regard as a health crisis because I do believe that our values of like manifest destiny and individualism and success at all costs, regardless of who you have to harm in the process, those are tenets of our culture in America. And I believe the, that that culture, those values that we place on those things I absolutely believe that it does have impact on the fact that we are so lacking in empathy as a country. So I hope and I pray that starting from here on out, we can move forward as a country, we can heal as a country, people can just connect and understand that the world is bigger than themselves and the issues that are impacting them at home. And I saw this meme. I really liked it. it granted, I do think it was the whistles of a Donald Trump supporter and voter, but at the same time, it was a really great meme. I thought it was a great meme that Donald Trump will not be bagging your groceries. Donald Trump will not be pumping your gas. Donald Trump is not going to be teaching your children. You know, he's not going to be the people in your community that voted for him in one way or the other. He's not them, even though they are supportive of him and they look to him as someone who is representative of them, it's not gonna be him. So we have all these community ties, right? And after this, we should bind together and be kind to one another. And I 110% agree with that. However, it has to be done altruistically. It has to be done. That kindness has to be, it can't just be one-sided because I feel like a lot of people who are telling you to be kind, they're not leading with that kindness. They're not leading with that love. So it's time for them to put, to put actions behind their words and actually practice the kindness that they are demanding of others, because we do need healing. We do need rest. We do need peace. And I think that it absolutely does start with them. So those are my thoughts on be kind. I want to shift like a little bit to the narrative of agreeing to disagree. And that is something that I used to believe a lot when I was younger. I used to say that a lot when I was younger. But the older I get, the more I reject that. And the more I reject that is because people have this, we've gotten really comfortable, I've noticed over the past four years, especially over the past four years, or maybe just I've grown a lot in the past four years. But I noticed that people are very comfortable with this both sides rhetoric, this opinion that Two people can hold different and opposing values and opinions, and they're both equally important and valid and sound. And it's like, that's not true at all, at all. Sometimes there is no both sides. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And I'm not going to sit here and agree to disagree with you when we are talking about something like racism, for example, or sexism, or any, if your opinion is upholding and supporting the oppression and the marginalization of people, I am not going to agree to disagree with you. I'm not going to agree to disagree with things, with ideologies and beliefs that tear people apart from one another and are just not inclusive. I don't have to agree with that. I don't buy that. And I don't accept that. And I don't understand why as a society, we are so comfortable with that agree to disagree. Like, I think it's because people, you know, like I said, I'm very protective of my peace. I'm very protective of my energy. I'm not going to sit here and argue with people. It does not serve me. I'm not doing it. And I'm especially not going to give you my time and day when I'm talking about something, when I'm talking facts and you're over here sharing opinions, because that's another thing, right? When people say, agree to disagree, very often I'll notice that it devolves into feelings. They move away from the facts because there's no, what, when you're agreeing to disagree with things, for example, racism is a thing. Colorism is a thing. Discrimination is a thing. These are facts. We see these exist in society. There's no matter of having an opinion about it, that it's real, that it's not real. It's a fact. What do I look like then agreeing with you if you say racism is not a problem in this country? And I say, all right, I agree to disagree with you. The fuck? No, well, we're, not, we're not agreeing to disagree with that. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna take my facts and agree with your opinion and agree with your feelings that are wrong. You know, and I think that we need to get, and and we want to, I understand this desire to placate people, to walk away from a conversation feeling like there's some resolve, you don't want to make anyone feel bad. I get that. I understand that. But we have to be more intellectually honest. We have to be more, we just have to hold people accountable. And there's a way we can do that. And I think that way, well, I know that way, I feel that way is to get away from these feelings, get away from validating their opinions that are not rooted in any kind of facts or fly in the face of facts. And speaking of fly, <laughs> this has been burned down to the ground. Like this, this topic has been dragged and I'm over it. But during the VP debate with Kamala Harris and Pence, the fly landed on his head at this time, when he was saying it. So, I think people got distracted by the fly instead of focusing on the content of what he was saying. But as the fly landed on his head, he was saying that racism is not a problem in this country. It doesn't exist. It's not something that's still existing today. What kind of privilege, bubble, and parallel dimension? must you be living in to not think that racism is a problem in this country? And like I said, that's when the fly landed on his head. So I think people were distracted by that, but it really frustrated me that there wasn't more debate about that. There wasn't more conversation about that because people will just chalk it up to his opinion. And it's like, opinions like that are dangerous. Opinions like that are not helpful. Opinions like that hold us back as a society that is equal, that is equitable, that is anti-racist, because we cannot become fully an anti-racist society until and unless we accept that racism still exists and is still a thing. And we can't do that if we have the second highest person in the position of power in this country saying it's not real. As the first highest ranking person in position of power in this country is actively doing and saying racist things. Make it make sense. I don't know. So so I encourage you to just push back. If you find yourself saying that a lot, we'll just agree to disagree. Kind of get away from that and explore why you're saying that. Are you saying it because you don't want, you just want to end the conversation. You don't want to argue anymore. Are you saying it because you don't want to create any conflicts? Why are you comfortable saying that? Just ask yourself that, explore it within you, and then just try to get away with it because, get away from it, because there's no value in agreeing to disagree. And I think it's actually, in some cases, it may be more harmful because it, again, gives leeway to that both sides. And your opinion is just as valuable and just as valid as mine. Like We need to shut that down actively because this is how misinformation spreads. And I was actually talking about this the other day, and it really frustrates me that we are just now doing this, this late into this man's presidency, where Twitter is now flagging the things that Donald is tweeting out as misinformation. We should have been doing that from the get-go. Anytime he lied, it should have been called out. Anytime something he said was maybe a half lie, half truth, n- not based in reality, it should have been called out. Because when you allow that kind of harmful rhetoric, oh, just alternative facts, when you allow that to spread, you get what we have now, attacks on our democratic process, attacks on the media, people thinking that QAnon conspiracies are real and happening, people thinking the harmful things like racism is not a problem. Racism doesn't exist. When you don't push back against that and when you agree to disagree or when you fall victim to be kind, this is what we get. And we need to start thinking critically as a society if we want to move forward and we want to make change. So this was a little bit longer than I wanted to be, but I had a lot of thoughts swirling in my head and it's nice to get it out. I can't get it all out on Instagram because we ain't making a video over there. So IGTV, it takes forever to load and it's like a pain in the butt. So are you seeing a lot of this be kind rhetoric? Are you agreeing to disagree? Or are you pushing it back against agreeing to disagree? Or are you pushing back against anything I've said here? I wanna know, let's talk about it. You can find me on Instagram at Sasha Spins or you can drop me a voice note on Anchor FM. And until next time, peace out, stay safe, protect your peace, protect your energy. And hopefully we will be coming to an end of this election cycle and we will have an answer sooner rather than later. Peace out y'all.